So there's this funky idea floating around in the world that faith means never doubting, that faith means certainty, that anyone going to church or embracing Christianity, anyone who does must understand it. We got God. We totally believe. We get it all, the scripture stuff, the worship stuff, everything. If you're sitting here this morning, I'm pretty sure that if anyone asked you, do you have this Christianity thing down, Pat? You probably wouldn't say, oh yeah, I totally know Jesus, I totally get scripture, and I can answer every single question you have about God. We are people of faith, and we are all over the map in what we believe and what we give our hearts to. We are seekers. We are not I am surers. Last year, a newcomer shared that after coming to church for the first time of their own volition, after decades of spiritual seeking, they discovered that the idea that there's a threshold to cross before entering church, a threshold of faith to cross, that that idea is an illusion. This whole threshold of certainty of belief before you go to church, before you investigate, before you engage with God, that threshold is an illusion. And I agree. This person discovered that being here and being engaged with this community of seekers means being on a journey with all of us to know God, to be healed, to be restored, to be renewed by God, and to love God and accept God's love for all of us. But this faith journey is not a linear path, nor is it a path with really clear milestones. Some of us have a milestone, a major aha, that may be our starting point, but that may not be so for another. Our journeys with Christ meander. Our journeys overlap, maybe have multiple layers, and they're intertwined. And our spiritual journeys surprise us. Today's gospel has a bit of a surprise. The guy who, at the beginning of all four Gospels, stood out in the wilderness crying out what we sang, the choir sang this morning, prepare ye the way of the Lord. This guy, John the Baptist, who when Jesus comes to him for baptism, says to Jesus, whoa, whoa, I need to be baptized by you. This guy, John, in today's reading, is way after the baptism, and he's sitting in prison, and he asks his own disciples, go to Jesus and ask him, are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? Are you the one to come? Are you the Messiah? Hmm. John the Baptist, the one who drew crowds, calling everyone to a change of heart and a turnaround of our lives and calling people to reorient themselves to the coming of the Messiah, 
This guy is now questioning, are you the one? I mean, here's somebody who's so up close and personal with Jesus. He is Jesus' cousin, and he has questions. We tend to think of our spiritual journeys as additive. We achieve one level of understanding or enlightenment. We hit a milestone after milestone until we get to this there. But in John, we have a person who seemed to totally know before Jesus' ministry began, before Jesus was baptized, and even in Luke's gospel, seemed to know before Jesus was even born. Because in Luke, Mary visits Elizabeth, John's mother, while Elizabeth is pregnant with John. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, little in utero John leaps for joy. And in that leaping moment, Elizabeth has her spiritual aha, and she sings out right away to Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? The mother of my Lord. John the Baptist from the womb recognized Jesus. His mother realized the Lord was to be born. And yet, many, many years later, while John is in prison, while John is suffering, John sends his people to Jesus saying and asking, are you the one to come? Or are we to wait for another? The current Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, set off a bit of a brouhaha about five years ago while speaking in Bristol Cathedral after the Paris attacks. He said that the attacks left him questioning, where is God? He talked of the attacks as having put a chink in his armor of faith. And ooh la la, headlines all over the world, Archbishop of Canterbury doubts the very existence of God. The doubt of the century. And as an editorial in the New York Times noted, there was another journalist who wrote excitedly, atheism is on the rise, and it appears that even those at the top of the church are beginning to have doubts. In follow-on interviews, Justin Welby talked about how his own questions and doubts about God's presence in the tragedy sparked renewed seeking sparked renewed engagement with scripture. He talked about how the doubts prompted engagement and conversation with God. So what does Jesus say to the disciples to send as an answer back to John the Baptist? Well, he didn't say, yep, that's me, I'm the Messiah. Instead, he told John's disciples to go back and tell John what they had witnessed of Jesus. Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor 
have good news brought to them. Jesus is pointing to the Hebrew scriptures in that answer. He's pointing to the psalm we heard sung this morning and that we sang, and he's pointing to the first reading from Isaiah. These are remarkable texts, and they have incredible recitations of what the kingdom of God will look like. Incredible, beyond credulity. In the psalm, the Lord gives justice to those who are oppressed, gives food to those who hunger, sets prisoners free, opens eyes of the blind, lifts those bowed down, and sustains orphans and widows. And in Isaiah, again, the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame shall leap like deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. And Isaiah bathes us in beautiful, natural imagery of God's kingdom restoring the natural world, God's kingdom bringing water to the wilderness, to parched landscapes, something we here in the Southwest really understand. Isaiah says the desert shall rejoice and blossom. I can't help thinking about that recent super bloom that satellites in space could see it was so remarkable. The signs had to be put up everywhere to stop people from tromping on the beautiful blooms and taking selfies. A spectacular bloom, a spectacular blossoming, the kingdom of God. So Jesus doesn't hand John and doesn't hand us absolute certainty. He invites us into conversation, invites us to look at what he, what God is doing in the world. One place to start looking is the Bible, which is where Jesus pointed. And the Bible, which 20th century theologian Karl Barth described as a witness, a pointer to something that is happening and that is God. God and Jesus are so much bigger than our understanding. So of course we have doubts. Doubts are part and parcel of our spiritual journeys. They aren't the enemy of faith. Doubts are our invitation. And what if we were to consider doubt as a gift from God? There's a pastor once who went to Karl Barth, anguished that he was losing his faith. And Barth's response, who said it was yours to lose? God is in our doubt. Faith doesn't mean certainty, and faith doesn't block out the darkness. We are like John the Baptist, seeing the promise of God in the wilderness, the promise of the kingdom, having moments of recognizing the Messiah and seeing Jesus for who he is, yet at the same time, we're imprisoned and questioning. Anne Lamott, the writer, says, has said, faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness and discomfort and letting it be there until some light returns. 
So here in Advent, we hold the mess of the world, the longing, the hope, and the promise for the light that Jesus is in the world and that Jesus is coming. And if you were here last night for Christmas pudding, which, oh, by the way, was absolutely awesome, you walked into a sanctuary where the trees were lit, there were poinsettias everywhere, things were hanging off, beautiful decor all over the place. It was Christmas last night. Yet here we are this morning, we're back in Advent. <laughs> we're invited at this time to hold this already and the not yet. To hold what is coming, what will be the promise, and to hold all that we long for, all of our questions, all of our doubts, hold them together before God. We're invited to keep digging, keep diving in, keep being in community, keep reading scripture. And as we do, each year, as we come to Christmas, we come to taste yet again the glorious coming of God into the world and into our lives. Amen.